Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert here in the Cats and Dogs studios, and uh, we've already hit farting. <laughs> Not by one of us. Probably by sweet Daphne. You know where they allow farting? The Fritz Wholesale Liquor. Just go on in there and, and say, hey, do you got any wine recommendations? Rip! And I'll go, oh, you came in here and farted. That's funny. The Fridge Wholesale Liquor, the finest liquor store in town, even if it smells like crap. Was that, was that a bad commercial? Was that a good, good I no can't, more? No I comment. can't believe they pay us. They, they've already paid us. For that. Yeah. Uh, but get into the fridge. They, it really doesn't smell. It smells like uh, good decisions and victory. What's victory? You wouldn't know what it wouldn't smells know, like. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. been a few weeks. You're a loser. Hey, speaking of losers, K State really stunk on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get into all that. And of course, that's what we do on this podcast. We answer the questions from Wild Bass Station, the uh at the subscribers at gopowercat.com. And we get into all of these topics that you want addressed. Let's start undressing. <laughs> It's just not going well. With this Ryan is the worst Gilbert. intro. Okay. That's Ryan Gilbert. From KSU Gene, who needs a kick in the seat of their pants? Players or coaches? Or should they be sent to their bedroom without supper? Oh, uh, they they got a kick in the pants apparently on Saturday from their head coach who also agrees he needs a kick in the pants. The coaches got it. Players got it. Someone told me today they've never seen that from Chris Kleiman anywhere close. And this is someone that would know. The first half of the press conference, I thought it was going to be done in 10 minutes today. And then I think towards the end, he lightened up a little bit, but you could tell he wasn't happy. Well, start. It, it, he wasn't happy. And it's not like he was unhappy with the media. Sure. I mean, in fact, he said, you know, someone was trying to cushion the question. Goes, oh, go ahead and ask. I, you know, we deserve this. So I, I appreciate that about him. Will Howard came in. He was a direct although he went he went Skylar Thompson and had very long answers kind of ran out the clock a little bit but uh well, we just won't know we won't know how they respond until Saturday night yeah i think it's probably both and like you said Fitz it happened you know chris Kleiman was you know as mad as he's ever been and i think that the players know i think the coaches know that the expectations are higher than what the performance was on friday in stillwater Everybody needs it. And Kleiman mentioned that how on Saturday when they kind of came together and reflected on this game, there was no there was no finger pointing at anybody. Everybody acknowledged that everybody needs to be better. And so to answer the question, it's everybody, players, coaches, and not just one unit, not just one part of the game, offense, defense. It's it's everybody. Everybody's got to be better. Everybody's got to be on the same page and continuity. All that stuff's got to be better. I agree. It it I didn't recognize that as a Kansas State football team. Now one of the hallmarks of Kansas State has always been you play your heart out. You give everything. Because you know, this the institution's the little guy that overcomes the odds and that has played out in sports 
team's sports performances in the past, and it was the opposite of that. It was a team that honestly looked like, hey, we're Big 12 champs. We're going to do it again. You know, it's just we just got to show up. That's not how it works. I feel like Friday's game was the average of the last, like, five games in Stillwater that K-State's played. They won one. Sure, K-State showed some flashes on Friday night, but it always feels like K-State's on the back foot in Stillwater trying to come from behind, put something together, you know, running a game plan that just doesn't add up to the rest of the season, you know, what they've shown, just some strange plays being called. It just... It truly felt like deja vu going there. Just yep. we've seen this game so many times in Stillwater. I agree. I, I had wandered off to talk with Gillum. Did either did, did either of you hear Howard say anything about the the fumbled snap <clears throat> on fourth down against Oklahoma State? Uh huh. Okay. Just I, just Hayden. I assume that Howard would take blame for it, and Hayden took blame for it as well. And that's kind of where this team is right now. Everybody acknowledges that. Hey, I've got to be better. And and for that specific play, I'm sure it was it's not both of their fault, right? There was miscommunication. Somebody was in the wrong, but I'm sure both players would would take the blame. I I don't actually know. I don't want to say I don't want to say that Will wouldn't, but I think Hayden is yeah. totally in the wrong there. Yeah. But I'm sure yeah. Will would say, "Hey, I've got to be better at telling him the play or something along those lines." I just figured it was a you know, a, a first First word, snap. You know, it's like, hey, hold up. Oh, snap the ball. Heard a, heard a call. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. From Call Me T22, Mizzou delay of game. Going for it on fourth down and snapping it over Will's head. Repeatedly having uh, procedure penalties in the red zone. Veterans not finishing plays. Does K-State have a coaching problem? Not in terms of someone needing to be fired, but in terms of players being out-hustled and out-focused. Well, that sounds like when coaches don't make players hustle and focus, the players make themselves yeah. hustle and focus. Now, there's enough blame to go around, but those things are not the blame of the coaches. If you can't compete with passion and focus, get the hell out of the way. I mean, if that's too much to ask, you don't belong at Kansas State. You probably don't belong in college sports. If you're good enough, you can play at Texas, where they they often don't have focus and passion, but they're good enough to win. I got news for you. You're not good enough to win here to do that. No, you're just not. So I I I don't know. I the coaches have to be accountable for it. I think some coaches have fallen way short. We've seen some parts of this team that look poorly coached. But you go back to this game. And it was repeatedly veteran players, leaders who were jogging through passing routes, who weren't executing, who were throwing interceptions, who were snapping the ball um, at the wrong count or whatever, whoever's fault that was. Now, Chris Kleiman brought it up. That snap was between a a fourth-year senior quarterback and a six-year senior center. The interception that was a pick six before halftime was a pass from – that same senior quarterback to a six-year receiver, and they're on the wrong page or not communicating. That's players, man. That's players not getting themselves ready. They wouldn't call the play if the players didn't know how to run it. They just didn't run it right. Can lead a horse to water. Can't make a drink. 
Well, in this case, the horse peed in the water. <laughs> yeah. Like you. Yeah, I'll pee anywhere. <laughs> I think I think Friday was a lot of player performance. I think, yes, you can point at some coaching, but you look at the mistake. I mean, K-State was in the game up until three minutes left. Believe it or not, it never felt like it, but K-State certainly had a chance to win the game at the end if they executed correctly. But I think that's what it comes down to. It was execution on the field. Yeah, there were some play calls that were strange, some some schemes, some ideas that didn't really work out. But at the end of the day, I think it was on the players. Yeah, the the plays they called didn't work. So was that a bad play call or a bad execution? Uh, maybe they even executed technically correct, but without the kind of effort that you need, you know, to make a play work. It was just an ugly day. I can't. I can't wait to answer more questions about it. The whole quarterback controversy is silly, in my opinion. But we wouldn't have it if Will Howard just played a decent game. People would be focusing on those five or six dudes that you mentioned, Fitz, that didn't play well. The veterans, the leaders that need to be more focused. And for whatever reason, people don't want to look at those just because of Will Howard playing poorly. And I'm not defending his play; he was bad, but. It's not just Howard. The entire team, like I said earlier, everybody has to be on the same page. Nobody can be getting out-hustled and out-focused like the question asked because they, they did. And coaching can only coach, right? It's on the players to, to step up and play, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, if you can change one play from that game, you take away the pick six, and if Oklahoma State doesn't score there, that game's in overtime. It's a 22-22 game sure there's some math and some things you got to change about the two-point conversions and whatnot mm-hmm. but for the most part it's a two-point or it's it's a it's a tie game going to overtime k-state was not out of that game as bad as it looked on tv in person wherever you're watching it it was a bad k-state performance but on the other side k-state's defense held them to five field goals instead of giving up touchdowns they give up one offensive touchdown you know, I, I think there's some positives that you can look at, you know, as frustrating of a loss as it was. Definitely frustrating. Will Howard did not play the best game, but you can change one play and K-State's right there tied up. Yep, I agree. I agree. Yeah, give the defense credit for holding Oklahoma State two field goals, but ideally right, you don't get them into the red zone. But still, credit where it's due. Ben, don't break. Correct. I like Pickles Cat wants to know, going back from Chris Kleiman's hiring to today, what has gone gone wrong in regards to current receiver play? I I just don't think they've recruited well enough at that position. Too reliant on the portal. Well, even that, I don't think they've done they're a not, good job. They're not good there. No matter whether it's portal, junior yeah, no. college. And the portal guys freshman, I, You know, maybe that... that there's some talent in those lower classes, but if there is, uh, you would think we'd see him based on what we're seeing on the field. But it's not good enough. And and as much as I like R.J. Garcia and was hopeful after the first game that he was going to be a big factor, he's, he's just not available. He's not open. And, yeah, they're just not good enough, and that that falls on the coaches. They haven't, you know, they've had a revolving door at that position. I feel like Matthew Middleton's the right guy uh, that has inherited a really thin group, and they tried to put pig on that lipstick, 
Jesus. Lipstick on that pig. <laughs> <laughs> Why does my brain do that? Oh, that's uh, amazing. That's, uh, my brain's just, but it still was an, not an attractive product. This is Chris Kleiman's fifth season, right? Yeah. And Philip Brooks is the number one wide receiver, would you say? By default, yes. Yes. And it's his sixth season, so that would mean that he played a season under Bill Snyder. Yep. Do you understand how bad it is in season five to have a guy that played for a coach that isn't here anymore? Yep. And he's the number one guy by default, by attrition. Yep. It's it's insane that Philip Brooks. It's not good. Is out there having to compete against guy. I'm taller than Philip Brooks. Okay, sorry to say it, but at six foot, I'm taller than Philip Brooks. Someone shorter than me should not be trying to catch a pass against a six three six four defensive back at Oklahoma State. There's a reason that some balls to Philip Brooks are going to get picked off. He's just not the type of guy that you want as your athlete going up for 50-50 balls. I mean, that's that's if the ball makes it to him to be a 50-50, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, that it's not like Phillip Brooks had a chance at that ball in the first place, but if maybe he's, you know, a Malik Knowles type, at least maybe he can compete for it a little bit. But no, the wide receivers, it's bad. And, you know, I think that was my biggest concern going into the season, and nothing has changed. I think Jaden Jackson has been the biggest star, surprise, I don't know, someone that's stepped up. But even then, the last couple games, it's just kind of, well, you might have got the first touchdown, but where else have you been? You know, it just, and then Keegan Johnson, it feels like he only plays in the second half or only catches balls in the second half. It just, it's like, what? what are you doing early on in the game? Like, does it just take longer for him to work up, you know, to warm up? Like I've seen him sit on the bike in the first half or whatever. I just, I don't get it with Keegan Johnson. Let me ask you guys this in the preseason, the off season fall camp. Was I completely wrong in reading what they were saying that Keegan Johnson was Electric made a bunch of tough catches. Was a real competitor. Was going to be the go-to guy. Did I dream that up, or was that actually said? It was said. There, there's a real disconnect for me here. It's either this guy doesn't want to compete in games, or maybe it's the injuries. If it's the injuries, don't play him. Play a young guy. I, I, I'm beginning to think it's. I, I don't know. I'm not going to say it. I I just don't. I don't. If you're being trusted to play, go play. If you're not ready to play, don't play. If you don't want to play and you're scared to be hurt, scared to fail, scared of something, get the hell off the field and go get that accounting degree. I, I don't know what else to say. You go play, man. Go play. What about Xavier Lloyd? They've so. talked about him in spring football for two seasons. I, what? <laughs> I just I don't get it. I'm so confused. If we gave Chris Kleiman some truth serum before the season, did he think that Keegan Johnson was going to save his wide receiver room? Deep down, what did he think? 
Well, first, I don't think he'd agree that it needed to be saved. But I do think that everyone on that staff thought he was going to be the guy. Yeah. He was going to replace it. At the very least, he was going to replace what Malik Knowles gave. And they, I, from talking to him, it sounded like they expected more than what Malik did. They've gotten so far less, it's astonishing. And Malik, with all respect, didn't have the bar set too high. No. Yeah. And somehow you've come in and replaced Malik, who was always injured, and you're injured more. That's a, you really have truly replaced the young man. I don't, I'm just so confused by the whole receiver situation. Last question of the first half from Aces Wild, 1032. Last year, K-State had Malik Knowles and Cade Warner, who could both be deep ball winners. Is the offense's biggest issue that we don't have anyone who can stretch the field outside of Ben Sinnott? Yeah, uh, but Cade didn't stretch the field with great speed. He was just a smart receiver. He made the most of his cuts and his ability to get open and reading defenses. I don't think some of these guys have the same level of savvy game knowledge, understanding, and Cade Warner did. I just At the end of the day, that's who they miss the most. He doesn't have a receiver that he can count on to be open, and Cade was open. Cade would get open, and they were on the same page. I thought that would be RJ, and it hasn't been. Um, and hopefully that they can get that going because I think RJ can fill that role if he can understand exactly what the defense is trying to do and what he needs to do is in return. I would have liked to have seen Ben Sinnott used in more creative ways, especially coming out of a bye week at Oklahoma State. Put him in the backfield, get something going for him downhill. Let him use his feet before he even gets to the line of scrimmage. I mean, he is your best playmaker in terms of pass catchers. I mean, yeah, the wide receivers are bad. Why not use your best one? And I get it. He's getting double teamed, and he is really the only best option, and that's why he hasn't had a monster season like we all thought he would because he's, you know, opponents know who the best player is in terms of the pass catchers. And so you've got to get creative if you're calling Klein and Chris Kleiman. But if you're getting double teamed, that means somebody's got to be open. Yeah, and yeah, last year, just, Cade Warner would be your perfect right. guy. I just I don't know who that open guy can be if you're going to, you know, expect Ben Sinnott to be covered all the time. Sure. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, if all you're right. RJ Garcia, your only option is if you're one-on-one, -on -one, just run a deep route and go, right? Like, you're not going to get open five yards across the line of scrimmage, right? Phillip Brooks, you've mentioned your frustrations with him, Zach. Jaden Jackson, where's he been? So there's just not a yeah. lot of options. Be, to be clear, Phillip Brooks, my frustrations with that is not against him. It's about the situation that he's placed the situation. in. situation. The situation, yes. I, <laughs> Phillip Brooks, you know, it's great that he stuck around. It's great what he's done for the program. But at the same time, the fact that the program has to rely on him so much is not fair to Philip Brooks or the program. Yep, I agree with all that. I can't believe he has 27 catches on the year. Philip Brooks? That's a lot. Seems like a lot less. Philip or Ben? Philip. Ben only has 20. Yeah. You got to get Ben Sennett involved more. Yeah. Do you have to make him, at this point, you have to treat him like the number one well, wide receiver. And also, and, and, with that said, how many touchdowns does Phillip Brooks have? Phillip Brooks has two. Right. they, they got to get the ball to him in positions 
where he's got momentum, he's on the move, and he can catch and run. It, it seems like he runs a lot of patterns where I'm here, throw me the ball, now I'll run. I mean, crossing patterns, deep patterns, I don't – I'm not going to try to scheme for them, but do something yeah. different. Let's put it that way. That's it for the first half of the Pyrocat Questions podcast on the other side of this very brief break. In fact, we're only going to wear our briefs during the break. We'll have more of your questions from Wabash Station. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. As we bridge the gap from a dreadful performance at Oklahoma State leading into Saturday night's game at Texas Tech. And I'm with two of the guys from the media who will be there. And that's not dude, the dog. It's Daphne. It's Daphne. Daphne will be there. Tim Fitzgerald will not be there. Zach Carlson and Ryan Gilbert will get in a car and drive. It doesn't help when a bunch of the media was talking about their flights today. It really put a lot of pressure on me as the boss. It's not cheap to fly. This is a company bonding opportunity. Do you two? For me and Zach, be in the car. Yeah. Listen to Hits 1 for nine hours. Talk about some <laughs> Formula 1 racing. What's funny about that is I listen to so much more Highway now than I do Hits 1. I'm so proud of you. Now, granted, the highway is hits one if it's country. Yeah, it's it's not my. We're gonna hear we're country. gonna hear Walker Hayes once an hour. I'm you know I'm sorry that Gills has to listen to that, but folks. I'm sorry you have to listen to this, but I got to tell Zach the story in the podcast. Microphones happen to be recording. <laughs> so we all talk about algorithms, right? It's how important it is for YouTube that you know. And and yeah. it does. It starts to pick up on what you watch or listen to, and and then give you more of that. First of all, I love the X algorithm because hey, you just watched that video of that pass interference call. Here's another video just like it. In fact, it's the exact same video from someone else. And here's another video like it. It's also the exact. Can we fix your algorithm? I don't want to see this video over and over. But, but I went to my Amazon Music account. And in my music suggested for you, there was greatest hits of all time, Cody Johnson, Ryan Bingham, Turnpike Troubadours, and Walker Hayes. Sounds like greatest hits to me, I'm baby. Like, what? I'm like, Zach's been into my music. I know it's Zach's fault. Yeah. Get a little Kane Brown in there and you've got you So we don't need fame. the XM radio. We can just use Fitz's playlist. Yeah. It's the exact same, right? No, I pay a lot of money for that XM. We're getting every dollar out of it. Fitz pays Zach so much money. Yes. Buy XM radio. Yes, he's got no, tax I need, problems. I need, <laughs> I need to call them and tell them I need to cancel because 
I probably pay the most for Sirius XM out of anybody in the country. Yeah, get the bad deal. <laughs> this is the Powercat Questions podcast. We're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Cats will be back in town next weekend, not this upcoming weekend, next weekend. And guess what? It's another night game. That means you got plenty of time to go to the fridge and got plenty of time to tailgate and get all tuned up for the cats and frogs. Two weekends from this week. Is that right? Two. You know what I mean. What's the date, Zach? The 21st. October 21st. We'll go with that. When struggling TCU struggles into town to play maybe struggling K-State, but maybe they'll correct all their problems. And if they listen to this podcast, they probably will. Here's more of your questions from Wild Station. From Go Stay Kate, were fan expectations too high this year, or is K-State underachieving? I would say right now it's hard to tell, but I would say it's possible both are true. And and I was with that. I you know I thought they would be ten and two in the regular season. And what's amazing about it is it's still mathematically possible. It's still mathematically possible. But I I predicted that not realizing how bad the conference would be. Who would have thought they would lose at Oklahoma State after seeing what Oklahoma State was this year? Uh, I mean, some people expected them to be pretty good. I didn't, but I didn't think they'd be as bad as they were. And K-State still lost. So, yeah, I mean, I think you can have both true. We had our, you know, maybe our sights set a little bit too high for the team, but also they're underachieving. If they lose in Lubbock, I think they're definitely underachieving. And not because they lost in Lubbock or lost in Stillwater, but they lost to both of them back-to-back. Yeah, I think. Expectations were high, considering where I put them. You know, I, I'm pretty much a perpetual eight and four guy. Expect K State to go eight and four. If they're worse, six. hope you make hope you make a bowl game at six and six, and you know, it's a That's fine season, safe number. And then if you go ten and two, maybe you're playing in the conference championship game, or even nine and three like last year. Your season of eight and four is the equivalent to my uh, five keys to victory prediction of thirty one twenty seven. Yeah. I'm a big Bo Pelini guy. What can I say? Okay. <laughs> when you have four players get drafted, it's it, the yeah. expectations were too high. That doesn't mean that K-State is underachieved, but I think the answer to this is way more towards the expectations than anything else. Yeah. But the problem, I mean, problem is K-State's played very bad. The situation, however, is not bad at all for Kansas State. Yeah. You've lost a game and it was ugly, but you still control your own destiny for that Big 12 title that they've talked about all year long, all offseason long. Do I think they're going to get there? No, especially if they continue to play the way that they've been playing. But it doesn't matter how you get your wins and how you get your loses. The only thing that matters, <laughs> losses. Yeah. Yes. Fitz, I blame you. This is rubbed off on me now. Um, there's still... Seven, right? Seven more games to go in the regular season. Mm -hmm. So anything can happen. I agree. See, when I think about, you know, remember preseason and, you know, early season, everyone's talking, oh, the defense has great depth. Well, now you're seeing injuries, you know, especially at corner. You're just like, well, never mind. You know, like it's just there's a lot of guys that, you know, you can talk about how much depth you have and how much you like it, but a lot of the this depth is unproven, unplayed, talented players, but there's going to be some growing pains. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Wally pointed out on the boards, he had a long, long reply earlier today. It was but, a rant. Yeah, my, it was a post. It was... <laughs> 
was fine. Um, you know, 2023, before the seniors decided to return on the offensive line, it was going to be a transition year. And now you're kind of seeing that, that, hey, you know, there's definitely a lot of young guys that are going to have to learn and, you know, learn to play and get some experience under their belt. And, you know, as much, as fun as it was to dream of a second Big 12 championship game in a row, you know, a potential second championship in two years, you know, I, I think that that was really a really lofty goal. But I think it's, it's you can look at the team right now, especially after that loss at Oklahoma State, and especially after the way they lost at Mizzou, this team should be 5-0. and I mean, K-State's certainly underachieving at this point. Mm-hmm. You should expect them to be 5-0. and They shouldn't be a 3-2 and team. No. And I don't think they are a 3-2 and team. I think you could say they're a 4-1 and team. You know, I think that's probably a fair assessment of where they should be. So, should yeah. Be. So, yeah, I think that K-State's underachieving. But you got to remember, I think that the goals were extremely high. And the expectations were extremely high just based on last year. And now I think that things are finally settling into reality. A little bit and recognizing, hey, this isn't necessarily about this season or even this game. There's going to be a building process going forward to 2024 and beyond. At the end of the day, you are what your record says you are. And K-State should be unbeaten, but it's three and two going on the road. They need to win this. There's no doubt in my mind they really need to win this. If they go to Lubbock and play poorly again and lose, it's going to get really heated. People are going to be really asking some questions, and those questions will deserve answers. Have you guys heard of the plexiglass principle? No. It's when a team that improves in one season tends to decline in the next season. And Why is that the plexiglass principle? Um, I can look up the definition if you so please, but I'll no. probably spare your time. Yes, please do. Is it because fle- plexiglass is... Plexi, it's flexible. Sure, we'll go with that. I don't know. Yeah. We'll go with that. But Easy yeah. to break. I don't know. It's not. It's not. It's plexiglass. The offensive line, though, that Wally brought up and yeah. you mentioned, right, that's a great point, right? Got to be better. They, but that drastically changed the expectations, too, of yeah. the season. Yeah. It changed the expectations, but also at a certain point, and I think, I think I did include some questions in here about this, but at a certain point, if your veterans are not performing – at the expected level to get you wins, to get you to a championship game, at what point do you say, you know, I don't want to say tank for 2024, but you've got to get some of these young guys that are that are absolutely going to be starters next year right. in 2024. You've got to get them some experience. And I think they are rotating a little bit more than, you know, what you might think. But I think that at some point you got to say, you know, especially if K State loses a game or two here in the next, you know, before the end of before the end of October, I think you want to make a bowl game for sure. But you know, what bowl game do you really want to play in? Do you want to play, you know, Independence Bowl or do you want to play Pop Tarts Bowl? You know what <laughs> what's your what's I, your goal? I like Pop Tarts. I'd love to go to the Pop Tarts Bowl. You know, and I think that's. <laughs> At this point, I think it's real a realistic landing spot if K-State can pick it up here and get a win in Lubbock and, you know, hopefully win out in October. But if you don't win out in October, you know, what is the goal for the season and what does it mean for 2024? Because, you know, I don't want to look ahead too far, but just based on what the offensive line, you know, is this year, 
in the relative depth among other positions, guys need some playing time. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to be competing for a Big 12 championship game, and if the veterans are not worth, you know, the the reps versus playing an inexperienced guy, playing a young guy to get some experience under his belt, you know, I think there's a certain discussion that needs to be had in November probably to to figure out what what the goal is for the rest of the season going forward. It's not just the offensive line though. It's no, the that's team, that's right? the whole team, but it's like Philip Brooks as much as right. bashed him today. What value does he bring to your team for 2024? And so if you exactly. lose this game, okay, well, sorry, but yeah. okay, let's get Lloyd a chance, a look, you know, Garcia, some more targets, right? It's valid. Yeah. No, it's easy to pick on the offensive line, but it, it extends beyond that. It, it extends to the guys that are on fifth and sixth years that are taking the spot of future reps for 2024. I agree. I agree with agreeing. Agree, agreeing. Go ahead. <laughs> From Jim Jam Trash Slam. Wow. It, it's not noted in here that this is a new no, this member. has been around. He's I've been around. I've never heard of this one. I like it, though. Huh. Okay, go Anyways. Ahead. It sounds close to like a Jamar Samuels trash yep. can thing, but it's not. Okay. I don't know. Close. In your opinion, which of these three groups have underachieved the most? Yes. O-line, oh. wide receiver, or D-line? Oh, I think D-line's been okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't put I think it's fine. I think O-line's in the middle. I think wide receiver is the, the biggest o, o, underachieving. It just haven't been a factor in hardly any game. Maybe SEMO. That was it. That might tell you what level they're playing at. Relative to expectations, though, I think we all agreed. Relative to expectations, offensive line is the biggest underachiever. In preseason, we said wide receivers, low expectations. Prove, Prove to us what you are. And wide receivers have not done that. But the offensive line has been a significant letdown to what the expectations was. Yes. Were. So, uh, wide receivers definitely, I would say, are probably the under underachieving the most. But compared to expectations, offensive line for sure. Yeah, and, and we'll give them a little bit of a pass with the Duffy injury. Right, they've struggled through some injury, but beyond that, the depth yeah. though has been Carver Willis was not. Too good when he stepped in, right? Having a a snap go behind Will Howard's head on a fourth down play probably wasn't on our bingo cards for this coming season from the O line. So they've been they've been uh, a lot worse than the preseason expectation. Well, they've been totally unsettled. Guys moving around. Then it looked like everyone was going to be in place for Oklahoma State. And they just didn't play well. We come down to the end of the game, and they've got. Two guys that we expected not to see the field that much now that the starting five are in place on the field. So that tells you all you need to know about how people were performing in this game. They underperformed. From Domer Cat. Domer. Welcome. First post on this podcast. So welcome. He he probably signed up under the last special two for just ask us questions. Okay. But I'm assuming. Is this like a Notre Dame reference, Domer? I feel like it might be like dome like the head i don't know ball being thrown at somebody and hitting off their helmet maybe that's a dome. k-state player's helmet okay i don't know move on 
Why isn't the defense forcing turnovers? It seemed like last year there were often several turnovers per game. Is it a lack of defensive talent or just players out of place schematically? I think it's some luck, too. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they've been as aggressive on defense either. They don't have the guys. They've had so many problems on the back end of the defense. They haven't been as aggressive. They're trying not to give up the big play. Especially against Oklahoma State, they played off a lot. I know. We've been talking about not giving up explosive plays. That was the opposite of it. Get bled out by a bad offense on the first possession of the game. Death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah, and it was very painful. You got to be aggressive or lucky to cause turnovers. They had no pressure on Alan Bowman. I mean, that guy could have could have played quarterback and done some beautiful watercolor painting in the pocket. He could have just gotten a couple pieces of art done because he was untouched. Nobody was there to spill his paint. And he was still mediocre as a quarterback. Maybe he's a better artist. I don't know. But, I mean, you've got to pressure guys into making mistakes, and I don't feel like this defense pressures enough. I don't know. Hang on. Speaking speaking of Alan Bowman, Mm -hmm. uh, standing in front of the student section in Oklahoma State, um, I think that uh, Oklahoma State fans probably do not like Alan Bowman uh, more than K-State fans were giving uh, crap to Will Howard this week. They they don't like Alan Bowman. Yeah, he's not, he's not very good. <laughs> do not like him. He's not. <laughs> I wouldn't like any of Oklahoma State's quarterback if I was a Cowboy fan. No, it's awful. But they still allowed him to win. Yeah, I just don't think they're – well – they blitzed a lot earlier in the season and got caught in a couple of them. But that's what happens when you blitz. I I don't think backing off the the blitz is the answer, baby. You know, just pick different times. But they've got to go back to being aggressive. They, they can't be scared of giving up the big play and just let yourself bleed out. That's just no way. That's not enjoyable football. That's not winning football. And it sends a message we're not aggressive. Got to be aggressive. Sure. With, with what they did against Oklahoma State, that didn't work. K-State lost the, foot, the football game, right? But if you're going to go back to the basics and be aggressive, you just got to hope and pray that those explosive plays don't happen because they're on tape this year. K-State's given up game after game after game, explosive plays. And so I agree, Fitz. Yeah, you want to switch things up. But it, you, if you go back to what you've been doing earlier in the year, it's insane to expect change. It's it's insane for those to expect those plays to just go away. I agree. So I don't I don't know how to answer this question to be honest. I agree. There's no right answer. Get more lucky. Be in be in a better position between Get you your and the ball. Get your hands up on the defensive line. Pray yeah. for a tipped ball. See what happens. I think that the defense does a good job of you know trying to punch balls out occasionally, but also at what cost versus getting the tackle too. Yep. You're giving up you an know. extra yard or two here and there when you try to punch it yeah. out. That adds like, up. Uh, you know, you see it. They're trying to cause fumbles, but also, you know, try tackling them a yard or two earlier too. So I, I hate know. to make excuses for the right. defense, but the injuries have added up on that, oh. on that side of the ball. So that's not helping matters. Yeah. Great. If you're Joe Quanderman though, what do you do? You, you, well, call you, up, you call up me and say, hey, you want to play a little free safety? I'm like, free? Dude, I am expensive. I don't know. Was that it? One more. Some one. NIL. Yes, I need NIL. Probably For like... Uh, lazy Boy? Lazy Boy or Ibuprofen. 
Just okay. not not a fancy app, but not an Advil. Just like over the counter, basic crap. Sure. Yeah, Easy Go or Club Car. I'm sponsored by Walgreens Sing brand crap. ibuprofen. <laughs> but that's the worst. Yeah, From, you need a, yeah. get you ahead. a golf cart to go sit out there. Oh yeah, I need a golf cart with some racing stripes. Let's do it. May I? Yeah. From Big Sam, last question of the podcast. If some of the upperclassmen are taking their jobs for granted and thinking they can phone it in, isn't it time to let some younger kids into the game and have a shot? If it happens again this week, yeah. But you can't overreact to one loss. I mean, you just can't. I just said it on my walk and talk. There's so many overreactions. Yeah, they played crappy. Will Howard threw three interceptions. Yeah, it wasn't good. But you don't burn down the house to get rid of the, the cockroaches. You just try to solve that problem. And everyone wants to burn down the house. I agree with this question. Yes, you need to play some young kids. You know, the younger guys, if the veterans, you know, the guys that aren't going to be around next year, if they're not, you know, playing as well or playing as seriously. But I think the first goal needs to be get bowl eligible. You need to get bowl eligible so you can have that extra practice for sure. You want to make sure you're bowl eligible enough to where you're not going to the Independence Bowl a couple weeks after the Big 12 championship game. You know, Shreveport in December is gorgeous. Is it? I don't know. But it's only two weeks of extra practice. Well, yeah, not, e- I mean, not even that. Not even two weeks. You know, you want to get some extra practice in and make sure you're at a bowl game that's further down the calendar at the last week of December. But if you're, I mean, if you go, what, three and seven, that gives you two games after, you know, that are completely worthless. So you might as well just play freshman and, you know, yeah. get get reps in. But That's not happening. I mean, no. folks, I don't know what's going to happen to Tech, but if this team can't beat TCU in Houston and Manhattan, then that, there there are big yeah. problems. I mean, it, at the very least, you got TCU, um, Houston, and Baylor, and Iowa State still sitting on your schedule in Manhattan. You should be able to win those four games. Easily in Manhattan. And that gets you to seven. Yeah. You get three challenging road games. The toughest games are on the road being Tech and Texas and Kansas. They'll be they'll be fine. Let's calm the overreactions. I will join you on the bridge to take the big leap if they play crappy and Lubbock and lose. Not just lose. They play crappy and lose and don't look inspired. I'll set the date for us all to jump. I'm also scared of heights, so it'll be really small bridge. It won't be four foot ledge. Yeah, yeah. I'll still injure myself. Let's be clear. That's it for the Powercat podcast. I hope I remember to take out the dog incident at the end of the video. And me repeating the video. Yeah. Oh my God. End of the radio. Well, <laughs> we're leaving. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the fridge. I'm done. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.